One more big hand for Ray. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Grant, and I love you. Hi, everybody. Thanks, Tyler. How's, how's everyone? It's perfect. No, it's perfect. It'll be good. All right. Hello, friends. Friends that I have met, friends that I haven't met. Um, uh, the word about what's going on at the uh, Covington Vineyard is going out far and wide. Um, uh, Pastor Tyler and uh, Rachel are doing an outstanding job. And one of the ways that they're doing an outstanding job is they've spread the leadership among so many different families. So uh, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, Grant and Alicia, thank you for your kind words. Um, uh, my wife is here, uh, my wife of 37 years, Kimberly. Um, let me just say this. Um, if you want to know what the spiritual gifts of hospitality and giving are, well, just look no further than my bride. Uh, and probably could throw in another gift of encouragement, uh, which is also one of the spiritual gifts, encouragement. And uh, did you know that God's not stingy? He sometimes lavishes two or three or four gifts. Don't just think like, you know, hey, what's my spiritual gift? Think like, you know, I have a loving parent, the Heavenly Father, who's going to just continue, continue, continue to give me gifts. So um, we're really excited about being here. Tyler, wherever you are, somewhere, there he is. We're so grateful uh, that you invited us. We've been getting to know some families, uh, the Carpenters, over several years because of their close association with Grant and Alicia, but also the Longs and the Garveys. And Chachi, I don't know your last name, but we're getting to know that family just a little bit. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. So uh, we've really, really looked forward uh, to being here. Um, and um, the, the one question I did not ask is, how long do you normally go, Pastor? <laughs> it's a Sunday night. There are children downstairs, right? So five more minutes, good. I can do it. <laughs> Roughly, you know, tell me a, a, an amount of time, Todd. 25 to 30. 25 to 30. You know, you're glad you're getting the 66-year-old version of Ray. Uh, because when I was the pastor at the Vineyard in Campbellsville, uh, I would go an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, and oddly enough, we had trouble getting volunteers for things like children's church. <laughs> go figure, right? Uh, so um, uh, we're... We're going to talk about uh, uh, thankful hearts, uh, compassion uh, tonight, and I wonder if you would uh, uh, join me in a word of prayer as we start. Would you do that? Lord, I thank you that I'm not like other people. I'm not a swindler. I'm not a cheat. I tithe. I fast twice a week, and I'm not like this loser over here who is like a tax collector um, in Jesus' name, and nobody said, <laughs> nobody says, amen, right? But that prayer started with, I thank you, right? And we're going to circle back to that prayer. Uh, we're going to circle back to that prayer uh, before we're done in the next hour to hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> um, uh, I, I saw this, and this is really dangerous when old baby boomers try to tell you something they saw on the interwebs. Um, but uh, I saw this post on, uh, on the Twitter, uh, and 
And it was, a, it was a dad who was getting his eight or nine-year-old daughter ready for her third Thanksgiving celebration. They had done Friendsgiving. They had done Thanksgiving with one set of grandparents. And now they were on their way to a third uh, Thanksgiving. And the daughter said, how many Thanksgivings are there? And he said, well, this is the last one. And she goes, good, because I've only got so many thanks to give. <laughs> and I know just how that little girl probably felt, Right. And here we are on a Sunday night after what, you know, should be like, oh, Thursday. And for many people, Friday and Saturday off and Sunday. But then there are other people in the room and it's like, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three Thanksgivings, cooking, uh, things to do. And I had to work on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday. Uh, So there's all kind of Thanksgiving experiences. Um, uh, so I, I hope to honor wherever you are in your journey about learning what thankfulness is all about. Uh, and um, I'll just tell you this, I'm a little nervous because messages about thankfulness, they can really be pretty much of a scold. Do you know what I mean? Aren't you grateful for what you have? Now give thanks, Right? Here, I've got one right there. There's a happy sweater. Just put it on and get happy and thank God for everything you've got. Uh, Have you ever been like maybe even preached at about thankfulness? After all God has done for you and the starving children in fill in your favorite continent, uh, you know, all of that, you know, like we should be thankful. And uh, hopefully, hopefully this won't be a scold if I do it right. So there's the real prayer. Lord, help me not to be a scold. In Jesus' name, uh, amen. I am going to share with you tonight two passages of Scripture. I'm going to share two of them, and uh, maybe we'll be able to see some connection. Uh, and uh, the first one is out of uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses uh, 16 through 22. So on the off chance that you're taking notes, it's first. Thessalonians chapter 5, I don't know 16 in Spanish, 16 through through 22. And um, uh, they're kind of famous. If if you're church broken, if you grew up in church, uh, you might know these. If you're a baby boomer, you might even be able to sing an old back in the day song uh, about this passage. But um, here's the passage. Uh, It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't quench the spirit, don't despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good and abstain from every form of uh, of evil. There's there's just a couple of observations that I want to make about this passage. Uh, Number one, if you've got a digital Bible, uh, hopefully it has a highlight feature. You should should highlight this passage. This is the Apostle Paul writing to a very small congregation. Honestly, the Covington Vineyard right now, the way you are, was probably bigger than the group of people Paul was writing uh, to. And he had to run for his life. He had to leave town in the middle of the night. The church had only been around for three weeks 
Imagine a church planter planting a church and three weeks later, he says, I'm out of here. Let's see, how long have you been a Christian? Three weeks, good, you're the pastor. How long have you been a Christian? Two weeks and a half, you're the associate pastor. All right, I need some elders, at least two weeks experience, right? That's the situation in Thessalonica. Paul had to run for it. And then later he writes back filled with joy and filled with thanksgiving that their little church plant was taking root. And honestly, you know, these things are so famous and they're, they're in the holy book, but we lose sight of the fact they were just people. And probably uh, at the time Paul wrote to them, uh, not as many people as are in the room today. Uh, but there are at least two observations that I want to make about this passage, and then, then we'll go to one other passage. Uh, the first observation is that the Apostle Paul says, in everything give thanks for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Um, now, I don't know about you, but over the years that I've attempted to be a follower of Jesus, sometimes I have really struggled with knowing what is the will of God. Should I do this? Should I do this? Should I major in this? Should, I major? Should we have you know, another child or just you know, stop with the 37 that we already have? You know, I, like, what is God's will? Do I take this job? Do I not take this job? And what's interesting to me is that Sometimes God, God's will for us is as simple as a heart that is soft enough to be able to give thanks. It doesn't matter where you are career-wise. It doesn't matter where you are as you are raising your children at home. It doesn't matter where you are educationally. It doesn't matter if you're a boomer or a Gen Zer. This is one aspect of God's will that we can all engage in. We can all engage in having a thankful heart. And I, I, I honestly think this, that as, we, um, that as we endeavor to know God's will for specific things in our life, if we've practiced the general things that we know are God's will, the specific things become more and more clear. And hopefully that's a, that's a little practical tidbit. Let's engage in God's will that we know, even if it's general. And the, the, the specifics of God's will frequently, very often, become clear to us. Um, but this is what I mean by, you know, messages about thankfulness can be such a scold. Because basically what I said is, how can you expect God to speak to you about the specifics if you won't be thankful, which is God's will? Can you, can you feel the love? Can you, you know, it, that's the problem, is that sometimes messages about Thanksgiving are, you know, be thankful. Well, what if I don't want to be thankful? What if I did that last week and I'm fresh out of Thanksgiving? What if you don't know what I've been through, right? And so sometimes passages like this could actually be like a straitjacket that somebody's trying to force on us. What if your temperament uh, and uh, you know, your temperament could be, well, I, I'm not a pessimist. I'm a pragmatist. You guys know who you are, right? And then there's these irritating people who wake up happy and it's like, oh, you know, and, and what if, you know, what if these verses actually would be a straitjacket that would go against your temperament? And can I just say that that's possible? And that, you know, we have all kinds of temperaments and believe me, we need all kinds of temperaments. Well, the second point that I want to make about this wonderful passage uh, you can highlight it in your digital Bible. 
You could underline it in that old-fashioned ink on paper Bible. But the, the second thing that I want to say is what if these words are not a command, but rather God's heartfelt desire for us, that this is the Father's heart for us, that we would quite naturally become and grow into the kind of person who gives thanks in everything. What if it's not, you better be sure to do this, but rather think about the father of the little girl in the, the internet beam, that really what the father wants, he's not going to say, listen, Missy, you buck up and you put on your happy face and you'd better be thankful or there'll be consequences. No, any good parent, any mother or any father wants that nine or 10-year-old to grow into the kind of young woman or the young man who quite naturally just can find things to be thankful for. And so this passage, which can feel like a straitjacket sometimes, rather than to think of it as the finger pointing, rather than thinking of it as, as God's leaning hard on us, what if it's actually the revelation of God's heartfelt desire that we would quite naturally grow, like that little girl, grow into the kind of people that thanks just flows out of naturally. Now, I don't need to see hands, but think about your own life, whether you are 16 or 66, and think, wouldn't I like to be that kind of person that thanks just naturally flows out of me, right? So when I see commands in the scriptures, I prefer to see them as an invitation. I mean, yes, we should obey God, I know that. But I prefer to see commands as an invitation to say, this is my desire for you, says the Lord, that you will quite naturally become this kind of person. You don't have to put on the happy sweater. You don't have to say things that you don't feel. You don't have to uh, pretend to be something that you're not. But think about our lives, your, your life, a mother, a father, a grandparent, a student, that you would just quite naturally find your life overflowing with thanks. I just want to say, wouldn't we want to be somebody like that? Wouldn't we want to be somebody that would do that? Well, that's, um, that's all really that I have to say about that passage, is that to have a thankful heart really is God's will for us, but rather than to see it as a straitjacket, I hope we can hear it as an invitation He's calling us into the kind of life that Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That we, we find ourselves not gritting our teeth to give thanks, but that we find that there's an unobstructed flow. And whatever it takes to get that, that obstruction away, let's do that. It might be for some people counseling. It might be for other people just fellowship with other individuals. For other people, it might be rehearsing the goodness of God in their lives, all right? So uh, there you go. Uh, that's the first passage. Um, the, the second passage, uh, I, I, I've already introduced when I prayed the opening prayer. And I hope that wasn't offensive to anybody. You know I was just jamming you, right? Um, but you know what? There's limits to thankfulness. Saying thanks is not enough. Saying thanks is not enough. It's possible to give thanks in a dreadful sort of way. I mean, in a really mean-spirited sort of way. And so 
the Lord Jesus, uh, and if you're taking notes, it's in Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. The Lord told a story. It's, it's a parable. It's, it's, uh, it's not maybe one of the better known parables. But he told a story about two men that went to the temple to pray. And uh, here it is. I'm reading out of the New American Standard today. Um, but here's the passage. And these are the only two Bible verses that I'm going to give you. It's 1, Corinthians, or 1 Thessalonians 5 and Luke chapter 18. Jesus' words. And he told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and they viewed other people with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers. Um, uh, I fast twice a week. Uh, I pay tithes of all that I get. I'm not like this tax collector. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, would not even raise his eyes towards heaven. And he would, he would beat his breast. And he said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And then listen to the words of Jesus. Jesus says, I tell you, this man, that one, this man, went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Now you're thinking, well, what in the world does this have to do with thankfulness? And the answer is, is that the Pharisee's prayer begins with the words, I thank you that. And then everything else is a list of how he saw himself, right? You know, it's possible to put the thankful label onto a really selfish life, right? It's possible to put the thankful label on to a selfish life. And I chose the New American Standard translation because it actually says he prayed to himself. I don't know who he was praying to, but he wasn't praying to the creator of the universe who's not impressed with fasting twice a week or giving a tenth of all that you have. He was talking about himself, and then worse still, he was ranking other people in the temple. I thank you that I'm not like other people, and you could almost see him looking around. You could almost see him looking around saying, yeah, I'm not, I'm not pointing at anybody in particular. A swindler. I'm not like the swindler or that, uh, that cheater or that adulterer or even this tax collector here. Can you imagine to be in the house of God, such as this place is, to be in the house of God and we very subtly begin to rank ourselves and that we give thanks for where we are because no matter how bad off I am, I ain't like that guy, right? Well, this too is part of how we should give a sensible thanksgiving for mercies received. How many of you know, that, or at least have heard of the book, The Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan? Heard of that, right? Yeah, John Bunyan, and this would be uh, three, four centuries ago, he said that a sensible thanksgiving for mercies received is a powerful prayer in the Holy Spirit. It prevails with the Almighty. And the wisdom in what he said was a sensible thanksgiving for the mercies received. I don't thank God by comparing myself to other people. 
I thank God for the mercies that I've received. I don't thank God by comparing myself. I thank God by, uh, I thank God by taking stock of the mercies that I've received. Now, there's two ways to call this. So that Pharisee, his was relative thanks. Do you know what I'm saying? I may not be perfect, but I'm better than him. I may not be all that, but I'm better than her. That's relative thanks. And it has no place among people that are trying to demonstrate and live out the love of God. But then there's another kind of thanks that I like to call absolute thanks. And absolutely, at the very minimum, I can recognize the goodness of God in my life. And can I tell you this? We don't all, always, recognize the goodness of God in our life. I mean, events can get on top of us. Bad news can get on top of us. Fatigue can get on top of us. Anxiety can get on top of us. And those things will cloud our vision. Those things will cloud our vision. But a sensible thanksgiving for the mercies that we've received, that, that's absolute thanks. No matter what my state, no matter what the uh, bank account says or my popularity or whether or not I have Kardashian-like numbers on the socials, no matter what those things are, I can, I can thank God for the mercies that he's given me. And I pray this for over myself. I'd, I'd like to pray it over you. Lord, give us the grace to see your mercies operate in our life. That's pretty good prayer. Lord, give us the grace to see your mercies that are operating uh, in our lives. Um, here's the thing. Absolute thanks, the correct kind of thanks, it says everything about the giver and almost next to nothing about the recipient, except that the recipient is unconditionally loved. Do you know the goodness of God in your life? You know what it says about, about you? You know what it says about me? Is that I am loved. The goodness of God expressed my lips through absolute thanks. It says way more about him and almost nothing about me except that he's just so good to me. And that's it. it. It's not relative to anything else. Not relative to anything else. So I've, I've hurried through those first two um, because of the straitjacket that Pastor Tyler put me in. <laughs> and I don't want this message to be a scolding about Thanksgiving. So for the last 10 or 12 minutes that we have together, I literally want to share with you a prayer that I would invite you to engage in in the future. Is that all right? You know, there are, there are some Christian uh, denominations or influences where they memorize prayers and they pray those prayers. They receive those prayers because people older, wiser, sometimes from a thousand years ago, people have prayed prayers that, you know what, I'm not near smart enough to figure out I should be praying that, but she prayed that a thousand years ago. Maybe I should, right? So I want to share with you a 20-word prayer, and I guarantee you can memorize it like the second time I say it, right? And you're going, yeah, you don't know about my memory, right? It's 20 words long, uh, because that's what my Word document said it was. And I'm going to share this prayer, and then I want to talk about it for the last 10 minutes. Here's the prayer. You ready? 
thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're going to do. It's 20 words, but it's highly repetitive. Let's see if we can memorize it the second time through. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're going to do. 20 words. 20 words, right? And um, this prayer was a regular part of my life um, several years ago. I, I, I don't say that I pray this daily now, but I did pray this daily uh, for a long time, several years ago. And uh, here's what I'd like to suggest to you, because it doesn't do any good to say, you, give thanks. That, that doesn't help, right? Our lives are just overflowing with supposed tos. But if I could share with you how this prayer changed my life, then maybe you could say, well, you know, if it worked for that guy, maybe it'll work for me, right? So here's what I did. First of all, it's easy to remember. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're going to do. That's pretty easy to remember. You guys are the advanced class. You've already got that. When I was praying this prayer regularly, every morning when I woke up, before I swung my feet over the edge of the bed, before my little tootsies hit the cold hardwood floor in our house, okay? Like before I even did that, I'm just in my bed. I would pray, Lord, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're going to do. But I let that prayer become an outline for how to give thanks. And so what I would do in the morning, I'd say, thank you for what you've done. And I would take just a few moments. I mean, it's actually better than the snooze button. How long does your snooze button go? Nine minutes? My iPhone, my snooze is nine minutes. I don't know what yours is. But I would just say, Lord, thank you for what you've done. And I would try to remember every good thing that God had done in my life the day before. That's, I would just, I'm laying in bed. I look frightful, you know, look frightful. I mean, I look frightful anyway, but like extra frightful. And I would just try to rehearse the goodness of God from the day before. Now, when I first started trying this prayer, thank you for what you've done, and at my age could cover an awful lot of years. Thank you that I got born again in the summer of 1970. Thank you that, you know, I, I talked this woman into marrying me 37 years ago. Well, yeah, there's those mountaintop type things, but the Holy Spirit began to whisper, did, did you see what I did for you yesterday? The Holy Spirit, just nudging, would say, can you remember can you remember my kindness from yesterday? And the truth was, is that when I started praying the prayer, I couldn't. It's like, I mean, I know this is Thanksgiving week, so this should be a no-brainer, but what'd you have for lunch yesterday? Well, but next week, like, you know, we're all going back to work, aren't we? Guess what? However long of a break you had, break's over tomorrow, kids go to school, we go to work, back to it, right? But it's just like saying that game, you know, like, what'd you have for lunch yesterday? the Holy Spirit would say, do you remember what I did for you yesterday? And so as I started to pray this prayer in my bed, I, I finally had to say, Holy Spirit, I am so sorry, but I can't think of one good thing that you did for me yesterday. And I'm just being honest, right? And every once in a while, the Holy Spirit would go, well, you know, 
there was that, and then the Spirit would remind me of something. Here's the deal, is that we can train ourselves to pick up the little tiny golden flecks, the little tiny golden nuggets that occur to us each day, put them in our little pouch, metaphorical, put them in our little pouch, and then the next morning, just say, Lord, thank you for what you've done. And it could be, you know, as simple as potty training and so-and-so had a pretty strong day. He made real progress. Lord, I mean, if you've tried to potty train, thank you for what you've done. Right? Now, why, why isn't that the work of God in our lives? I mean, you're doing the work of potty training, but when you get to that point of breakthrough, why not say thank you for your goodness, right? So it is, it is an invitation from the Holy Spirit for us to, what did John Bunyan say? To have a sensible thanksgiving for mercies received. Thank you that my normally grumpy boss didn't say one mean thing to me yesterday, right? It can be that simple. Thank you that I didn't eat my feelings as soon as I got home from work because work causes so much anxiety, right? But we, we must tune the mechanism to be able to see the nuggets and to put them, to put them into the little pouch. Thank you for what you've done. Second prayer. Thank you for what you are doing. And here it is at 6.30 or 7 in the morning. You haven't swung your feet over the edge of the bed. And I've learned this, that this allows us to open our eyes to the work of God that is ongoing in our life. Maybe the Lord has been speaking to us about, I'm like, believe me, I am Mr. Judgment Man, right? And maybe he's been working on me about the, my tendency. It's, it's actually just like a well-worn path in my mind to judge others, you know? I have this spiritual gift. My wife has hospitality. She has giving. I can identify idiots on the road. Idiot, <laughs> idiot, stupid, got his driver's license at Walmart. I mean, you know, that, that's a spiritual gift, isn't it? And when I, when I began to realize that the Lord was actually in the middle of working on me about my judgmental heart, I actually began to be filled with gratefulness that that was an ongoing work, not one and done, but that it's an ongoing work. I mean, you could come up for prayer. I don't know if you guys do ministry time and say, Lord, deliver me of my judgmental heart. But I have a feeling that for most people, the way it works is that he's going, he's going to weed the garden of our unthankful heart, our critical heart. Thank you for what you've done. Can I recognize the work of God in the past? Thank you for what you're doing. Holy Spirit, give me eyes to see today those things that you are currently doing. And then maybe most important of all is thank you for what you're going to do. Because frequently as we begin to make some sort of an advance on thankfulness, thankfulness can very often just get stuck in the past. Well, thank you for my wife. I mean... Yes, it was November 10th, 1984. I still remember, even at this age. But it wasn't just November 10th. It was the kindnesses that she showed to me yesterday 
and the kindnesses that she shows to me this very morning, right? But we tend to push our thankfulness into the past and we leave our anxieties waiting for us just around the corner. This is part of the human dynamic. Gratitude is about what happened long ago. Anxiety is about what's going to knock me in the head today, tomorrow, the next day, or next week. Do you know that it's, it's, it is commonplace for anxieties to hide in the future? And we don't realize that they're there to steal our ability to see the work of God in our life. I have teenagers, well, I have one teenager now, but I had other teenagers in the house. They would roll their eyes. I never get tired of saying it. And now I've come all the way here hundreds of miles just to say it to you. Are you ready? Well, thank you for what you're going to do. Okay, guys, there is a thief who lives in tomorrow. He sneaks into today to steal our joy. The name of the thief is worry. No, it's so good. This is how you know that a pastor thinks he's doing his job because he repeats it. I think that's so good, I'm going to repeat it. There is a thief who lives in tomorrow. He sneaks into today to steal our joy. The name of the thief is worry. Our anxieties frequently hide in the future, which is why I began to train myself to pray, thank you for what you're going to do. And sometimes those were things that I would anticipate. God's getting ready to. Oh, it's okay. I mean, I'm pretty charismatic. God's getting ready to. But other, other kinds of things are like totally unlooked for. Totally unlooked for. God does something wonderful for us. And is it just that I'm anticipating the future? Or will I, just like the past, have the grace to see what he's doing? So these three prayers... Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you are doing. And thank you for what you're going to do. Over time, it's not a secret formula. It's not a magic formula. Indeed, it's not a formula at all. It's a spiritual practice. A spiritual practice that by doing it over and over and over and over again, it actually works something in us. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, uh, if you try this prayer tomorrow morning, I don't know that tomorrow will be any different than today. But I can promise you, I mean, I could say, I'm literally here tonight to say that if you practice this prayer over the next 30 or 60 or 90 days, your eyes will become open to what John Milton, another great Christian from the past, he said, gratitude opens our eyes to epiphanies every day. Do you know what an epiphany is? It's an appearance of God. An epiphany is God shows up. Gratitude opens our eyes to epiphanies that happen every day. So here's what we've done tonight. We looked at the fact that thanks, thankfulness really is God's will, but it's not like he's not mad at us. He's calling us into a new place. We looked at the fact that there are some kinds of thanks that are actually toxic, like at least I'm better off than that guy, right? Let's not, let's not do that, right? And then finally, I wanted to leave with you at least one methodology, maybe, 
Maybe you have methodologies that already work for you. But a methodology that if practiced daily over time, it doesn't take any more time than the, the snooze button on, on your iPhone. Doesn't take any more time than that. But if you practice it for 30 or 60 or 90 days, I think I can assure you that the goodness of God will become more and more evident. Anxiety will go down, right? Anxiety will go down. It's not a cure-all for anxiety. There may be other ways, to, not maybe, there are other ways to deal with anxiety. Prayer and friends and counseling and therapy, whatever it takes, let's get that out of us, right? But I can promise you that you'll have less anxiety in 90 days than you do now if you try that prayer. And I didn't want to be the guy who simply comes here and says, now, give thanks, shut up and move on. I don't want to be that guy. So I wanted to share with you that prayer. It, you guys will probably take it and adapt it and make it your own and make it better. And if that's the case, I'd, I'd love to hear about it. So tonight, uh, we are going to do communion. Pastor Tyler's going to do that, right? And maybe others, I don't know. And would, wouldn't you know it, we could learn from our Catholic brothers and sisters who are very dear to us. They don't call it communion. They call it the Eucharist, right? Do you know what the word Eucharist actually means? It means good thanksgiving. That sacrament, that, that ritual that, um, that Pastor Tyler is going to take us through, that ritual is a, is, a, is a ritual of thanksgiving. Thank you, Ray. Give it up for Ray. That was awesome.